You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht, Benjamin Pieske and Sam Gartner designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about the five levels of statistical leadership. So stay tuned for this insights on how you can develop over time. You have heard me talking about leadership here quite a lot. And if you're listening to this podcast for some time, you know that I'm not necessarily talking about supervising other people. So the more administrative leadership type. I'm more talking about cross-functional influencing, how to work with your peers, how to, you know, you can lead others that don't necessarily report to you. So stay tuned for this really, really interesting discussion with Sam. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars and much, much more. Visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Statistician. Today I'm talking with Sam. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? I am doing great today. Spring has arrived. I think I said that the last uh, podcast too, but yeah, it's so nice to have nice weather and it's great to be talking with you today. Yeah. Today we are talking about leadership. Over the past months, I have thought a lot about kind of what are these different kind of stages of leadership or, or levels of leadership that you can uh, get to. Of course, leadership is, you know, multidimensional. It depends on lots of lots of different skills. It depends on communication. It uh, com depends on building relationship, building trust, being a good team player, uh, negotiating conflict, and lots of other aspects. So, of course, it's difficult to kind of press all these different um, dimensions into uh, categories. But I think if you kind of progress through your career, um, you'll probably see kind of people that more or less fit into these different categories. Because usually you develop not just one skill of, of all these leadership skills, but you develop multiple at the same time. And maybe you're a little bit better, for example, in presentation skills or less in kind of negotiation skills or the other way around, or maybe you're a very good listener, but you're not very good in terms of building your network. There's lots of kind of different nuances, but to yeah, simplify it a little bit <laughs> and at least um, explain a lot of variation, we thought about kind of five different steps. So let's start with the first one. Uh, the first one I called implement law. 
And for each of these levels, I have a short kind of question or short kind of sentence that kind of maybe describes what, how people approach things. And I remember being an implementer and my kind of way of doing things, I do what you tell me. <laughs> Can you relate to being in that stage? For sure. I mean, sometimes I find myself even right now in that role where really what I have is just a job to do, right? A particular task to do and I get it done and I do what I'm asked to do. And that, and that sometimes that works well, but usually when you're, you know, it could be when you're early on in your career or maybe even later on, but where you just sort of really just like doing the, the analytical work, uh, probably maybe like doing it by yourself, and, um, and I noticed you kind of had in there in your list of things where you get along with other statisticians, maybe not, <laughs> maybe you just want to work by yourself. Right. And, and, and there's nothing about that. That's wrong. You know, you can have a very successful career just doing work like that. But I think a lot of people will get to a point where they start to see things that, they want to do that are more than that, or they want to make things change. And if you don't rise above that level, you're, you're probably not going to be that effective at, at being influential and having the ability to improve the way work is done and make things better. Yeah. When I think back at, you know, me and that level, I had, you know, a couple of good relationships, but primarily to other statisticians and, and programmers, you know, the people that speak and think in, in, in the same way and that are like-minded and it was a kind of very easy environment. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we were even, you know, joking about how stupid non-statisticians sometimes are and, you know, what kind of crazy questions they have, but we also wouldn't really understand where they are coming from. And um, that was just, you know, the way it was. I think I stayed there for quite some time. Yeah, I still remember when I started in the industry, you know, there was things like where um, someone would just, you know, call me, oh, I need a sample size. And I would say, okay, what are the conditions there? And, you know, just type in into the and query or whatsoever, and here's the sample size. Job done. <laughs> and, you know, it's, again, it's sometimes it's someone just wants to press the statistician button. Give me an answer. And somebody in that, that, yeah. at that level, that's maybe the right person to just say, okay, here's an answer to, a qu to the problem you have. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I, maybe I have been in that enroll in the past, but I don't feel like I have. Maybe it's just my nature. I tend to always want to know what's going on broader. And uh, I tend to like to know how things mm -hmm. work in more detail. So I, I just tend to dig deeper. And I think I get out of that implementer role pretty quickly because I just need to do more. Yeah. I sometimes, and, and I think if you see junior people that also do a lot of programming, that can you can very easily you know stay in this role yeah just do this table full stop mm -hmm. you know a lot of statisticians can be quiet 
they have a personality that's very introspective and sometimes very private. And they can also be perceived as being this, mm -hmm. this level of leadership. Well, maybe they're not because they don't speak out and, and uh, don't speak up. And so people just kind of view them as, well, they're just doing their statistician job. So, yeah. Yeah. The next kind of level is what I call the analyzer. Yeah. So that is more kind of, and I need to say, I really struggle to find a good, good name here. It's more where, tell me what you want to analyze. And I will suggest the analysis and implement them. Yeah. So it's not the first step is give me a P value and use the same method, you know, that we commonly use. Yeah. And then you just do your Fisher's exact test or your uh, he square test and that's job done. At that stage, you would probably more understand, okay, why do we have here these covariates and you already understand, okay, these are the covariates, these are the endpoints that you want to look into. Um, you probably have already a little bit better understanding of what these different data sets actually mean. Yeah, so that's not kind of random variable names for you, but you know, you understand that this influences that and that further influences this. And here's uh, actually a treatment variable and that is something you can change. Whereas, you know, things like gender, you might not change at least so easily. And you can discuss also the pros and cons of different ways to analyze it. Yeah, so for example, with adjustment or without adjustment for covariates. And you, you know, through that, you build first some better relationship actually outside of the statistics team. So you widen your network a little bit. Right. This, this level of leadership has a very technical focus still. Yeah. yeah. But you're at the point where you're starting to build a better network, have better relationships, and people are starting to trust you a little bit more. I, I think this is a, probably the level where when people start to exhibit these types of behaviors, others start to think, oh, maybe this person has some potential to, to move further on in their career and grow as a leader. If you don't ever get over that hurdle of being the implementer, which is more behind the scenes or very quiet and being that person that people are coming to and you're giving them alternatives and technical alternatives, you may not move much beyond that. No. I think there's actually quite a big fraction of people that can stay in that area for a very, very long time. Mm. Yeah. So basically stay largely on the technical side. Yeah. You are really interested in understanding the data and um, digging with the data and making sure that all your analysis are high quality. But it's not so much that you actually really step out of that. Right. You see that in other parts of business too, not just statistics where people are very good at particular types of things. Uh, I've seen that with scientists and laboratory technicians, very good at doing a particular type of mm -hmm. scientific procedure, right? And they can do it over and over and over again. And they could even tell you about it and how you might do it a little bit better, but that's what they do, you know, and that that's their role yeah. and that's the job they do. And oftentimes they like that. Uh, you can think of that like administrative um, help and project managers, uh, people who do more, not so much project managers, but administrative 
yep. t- tasks that just have to be done. And, and they can be very good at doing all of those things. Information technology, right? Is a, is IT is probably a place where you have a lot of these yep. implementers yep. and analyzers. And the next step is what I call consultant. And that is actually um, already quite a big step forward because if you come from an analyzer to a consultant, you actually want to much more deeply understand the problem that the team wants to solve. So it's not so much actually about anymore about what type of analysis you need to do, but more kind of what type of study do you need to actually to do? Or do you need to study at all? Yeah, you get away from kind of just analyzing the data that you have to also selecting what type of data should we analyze or should we analyze it at all? Or is it even possible or feasible or make it, does it make any sense? Yeah, so you have a much more deeper understanding of, of um what's good uh, what's happening there at that point my uh thinking is people also have a very very good understanding of statistics yeah so they um maybe even be experts in their field yeah so could be world-class statisticians that you know publish in a high ranked journals on an ongoing basis they understand the problems of the business um however they there is very often kind of, you hear from these people like, oh, there's now this politics, yeah? And they stay out of the politics. They, you know, they want to focus on the facts and the, and the logical arguments. And whenever things, you know, become for them irrational, yeah? The, the people side, so to say, comes involved, uh, they rather say, stay out of it. Yeah. Right. And they can be a little aloof. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to get too deep with anybody uh, that I work with. I'm not going to get too close to them. I'm not going to get too involved what's going on yeah. outside the small sphere that I'm, I'm working in, you know, and again, this level probably still has a very technical focus, as you said, you know, it's very much on the, on the, the technology, the, the math, the programming, um, the science that's underlying it. You just kind of know that, but you're not really concerned yeah. about the fact that, oh, the person who really makes the decisions not in the room right now, right? And everyone's afraid of that person because of politics, you know? And so when you suggest something that everyone knows that that other person's not going to go for, you don't understand why won't they just take my idea? Why, why don't they just follow my suggestion? Yeah. Because yeah. it's right. Because it's right. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to be right. And also what I sometimes hear from these kind of people, well, I told them what to do, but they didn't follow my advice. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of wash their hands. They go, well, whatever you, you should have listened to me, but you didn't. So suffer the consequences. And that's not really very kind (laughs) to your fellow coworkers or the people that you support, but some people can have that attitude and get stuck in that, because of that, they get stuck at this level, right? They, they, they can't get to the next level of leadership. Yeah, it's because they see themselves as a consultant, as a person mm-hmm. that sits basically outside of the team where the decisions are made. So you're just kind of advising, 
you are consulted for your statistical expertise, but you're not part of the teams that actually makes the decision. Right. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that because that, that's what I do for a living now as, as a consultant. Right. And, and so there are some times where that is the role, the leadership role I take in, take on in the projects that I'm at in part, because I know I, I'm not going to be able to invest the amount of time and uh, effort that it takes to, to get a bigger network. So I tend to rely a lot on just a few points of contact and let them be the intermediary, you know, between me and the other parts of the business to give me information just because, you know, I may only be doing a project that's a month long with them or something like that. And so again, I think we have to be careful not to act as if, if you're not at the top level of leadership, there's something wrong with you. To be honest, you know, I've, when I think about this type as uh, people that are, you know, worldwide experts, absolutely sought out consultants, you know, the regulators ask them about their opinions. Uh, many different companies may ask them about their opinions. They, I'm pretty sure they have very, very, very high salary checks. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a great career. Yeah. Right. So don't get me wrong on that. It's just that, you know, from a leadership level, yeah, you're still on this consultant level. Yeah. So, and that's, um, and that's also right. one of the aspects that, especially, you know, from this level three onwards, yeah, might get completely uh, different. Yeah. So, so you could be, you know, a very, very great and influential leader, but you may not be the best statistician. Yeah. In terms of that, you have a, in, in a specific area, very, very deep um, understanding. And you have published lots of different, different papers. And, you know, yes, there's a, you know, a certain methods that you are known for or certain areas that you are known for. That might not even be the case. We're really speaking about leadership here, not about statistical uh, things. However, I think, you know, there is, you need right. to be a pretty good statistician to get to these higher levels as well. Right. You know, competence is at the foundation of leadership. If you don't know the area, if you haven't demonstrated that you can do the work, that you aren't going to get higher levels of, of influence yeah. because people won't believe you or they trust won't you. trust you, you know? So, yeah. So there's, you know, if you're a crappy statistician, <laughs> leadership won't, won't solve the problem. Yeah. So, you know, though, I have to say, I, don't, I can't think I've ever really met anybody who I would say is a bad statistician or a crappy statistician, you know, like that doesn't know how to do the work. Lots of times what gets perceived as bad is not so much the, the actual work itself, but the attitude that people bring to the work yeah. as well. Okay, let's go to the next level. That is the leader, the statistical leader. As a statistic leader, you deeply understand the problem of the other side, and you can convince what we should do. Yeah? So it's not what they should do, it's what we should do. Hmm. You are part of the team. You see yourself as part of the team. Others see you as part of the team. And 
you have the same kind of deep understanding like the consultant, yeah, but you're not only good at understanding the, let's say, the logical things, you're also good at understanding much more kind of the nuances of the business. Like you said, for kind of this, you know, this certain person may have a certain agenda, a certain preference for, for things, you know, who do you need to talk to about to sell something to talk about costs and who do you need to talk to uh, and then mention innovation at least five times to convince them. Yeah. Yeah. This is where the business acumen really starts to kick in and you need to know what is the big picture and what are the things that are driving people's decisions and behaviors. And oftentimes those are not scientific or statistical issues that are driving behavior. I can think of an example once where it was a technical problem. We had to solve the problem and it was a quality problem with some material. And I did a lot of technical work on it. How hundred and hundred hours worth of work of data analysis and modeling. And I thought I had an answer to the problem. The problem <laughs> that my answer had was, is that that was not the answer anybody wanted to hear because it meant that there was going to be a delay in a schedule and someone else was not going to meet their goals and their timeline. And it was going to have a financial impact for the manufacturing plant. And you know, all of those other things were swimming around that problem. And I was just, I was stuck in that consultant level. I was stuck at that. I got the technical answer. Here's the technical answer. You need to take, you know, follow it. And I wasn't seeing the bigger picture. And actually it was very difficult for, career-wise because I got perceived as being someone who was part of the problem, not part of the solution. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is kind of the, the difference between being a consultant and being a leader. You have, you know, you're not looking for the perfect technical solution. You're perfect uh, looking for the perfect implementable solution. And uh, so... Uh, sometimes, you know, people say um, politics is about the making the achievable implemented, yeah, the possible implemented, and not about kind of preaching the, you know, optimal that isn't implemented. So, yeah. Right. A, a solution that's not implemented is not a solution. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think these type of leaders have a much bigger network out, outside of their function, yeah? So they are known by people in, let's say, uh, in the medical field, in, in the business field, and, you know, probably also in different other areas. Maybe they have even a mentor that is, you know, not within statistics. And they really usually understand that they need to invest in their leadership skills, yeah? So they have a very... And there, there's a yeah. key ingredient here too, which is time. It takes time. And that's often a frustration. It was for me, and I think it's often a frustration for other people, other statisticians, because they want to be at this level. They really want to have that kind of influence. But honestly, they haven't been there long enough. They haven't made those relationships and have enough people looking to them as being that trusted, competent, and influential person that can, that can actually come up with good solutions and help things change for the better. Yeah. 
And actually, for a very, very long time, I thought this is the end of the statistical ladder. Yeah, in terms of leadership. I thought, okay, if you're a leader, if you have reached that, that's perfect. Yeah, you can't get any higher. And to be honest, I think if you have reached that, then you're pretty outstanding already. I think then, you know, that type of statistical leader is pretty rare already. Yeah, there's one further aspect beyond that. And that is then probably a very rare species. And that is for me the statistical entrepreneur. And it's, I don't see it so much as you are, you know, you own your own business, but you see yourself as someone that maybe, you know, creates an organization, yeah, creates a structure within that helps other leaders to grow as well. Yeah. And you not only deeply understand the business, but you even foresee the changes that will happen. Yeah. And you can see kind of also where are other opportunities, where statisticians can have an impact. And you and that's the entrepreneurial uh, piece in it. Right. Yeah. So, so you don't just kind of stay in your lane and kind of, okay, when there's a new study coming in, we work on it. Yeah. But you think beyond that. You think about, okay, what can we actually do to, for example, help with the recruitment? Yeah. Or hmm, there is, you know, if if we, you know, promote this study in terms of for, for enrollment and we need uh, we use digital media and things like that. Hmm, there's a lot of data there. Can we as statisticians help in that regard? Yeah. So so you think much more kind of beyond your original area, but you see kind of where you can apply your statistical thinking to solve problems that's maybe not in your job description, but you still add value to, to the company. Yeah. And oftentimes at this level, this is where people are also going into more of the administrative leadership, right? They're, they're the boss or they're the mm -hmm. supervisor, um, the director, you know, whatever, you, whatever title you want to give them. And what I see yeah. about this role is this is also the person who's really not so much doing the work, but they are enabling other people to do the work effectively. And they're, they're building other people up. They're building other statisticians up. They're actually showing them off. They're saying, look at, the, look at this great stuff that uh, Bob is doing. And look at this great stuff that Susan's doing. And, and they're, they're, they're actually helping those people to grow as leaders and, and move up that level. And also when there is a, a solution that's maybe difficult or challenging to implement, yeah. they know yeah. how to help everyone else get that solution going and, and keep things moving. And, and if you ever have a boss that's like this, this is great, you know, because one thing, this person is going to protect you from all of the other politics and stuff that's going on because they're handling that. They know it. They're going to let you know what you need to know and they're going to help you learn, but they can really be sort of a shield for you, a buffer to prevent you yeah. from being focused on those extraneous things and let you focus on the technical solution. And then there, I think the other aspect of people like this is the, this level of leadership. They're just very encouraging, right? You, you want to be around them. They, they lift people up. They don't tear things yeah. down. Also, they have 
say, invest in their people, not just from a technical point of view. Yeah. So they actively say here, let's not just talk about Bayesian statistics and multiple imputation and causal inference and whatsoever. Let's also um, have programs about how to present better, how to negotiate better, how to, you know, communicate better. Lots of, lots of different things. And the more and more influential they are, maybe, you know, they have, you know, that even in their complete functions that there's something like that. Yeah. Right. And they tend to have a very genuine concern for people around them, especially the people that work for them. I would almost say they, they love the people that, that work for them, right? And they show them love and kindness in the way they, they help them grow as a person, not just, not just as a business, but, but just help you grow as an individual. I, I had a boss like that once where I was a bit of a complainer for mm-hmm. a while in my career. And I just complained about anything. It was a habit that I had just to complain and my friends and I, the coworkers, we'd sit around the lunch table and we'd just complain a whole lunch about things. And it got around that I was complaining a lot and, and it was starting to have a negative impact on the way people were perceiving me and people wanting to work with me. And so my boss called me in the office and talked to me about it. And I remember that being a very, very difficult conversation to hear, but it was one of the best conversations I ever had in my career because he helped me see something about myself that needed to get better and, and really did it in a way that was encouraging, right? That you can do this. You can actually change and you can be less of a complainer and more encouraging. And, and, um, and so that was, uh, I was really thankful for that. That this is a very, just a bright point in my career. I remember that very vividly and um, really thankful that it made a, a big impact on me and, and, I changed after yeah, that. Yeah. And that's great if people have this ability to provide constructive feedback in ways that the other person can accept it. Right. And I remember the most piercing words that he said to me was, are you okay? He didn't ask me you know, how things were going in the business. He asked me how I was like, how am I really okay? Am I okay on the inside, you know, in my heart and my thinking, but but that really showed me he he cared about me, right? It wasn't just about me being a problem. Yeah. So so maybe you're suffering from depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or there's a really kind of difficult season in your life and things are out of order. Yeah. And that, that may be why some people get perceived at different levels of leadership when they, they see it, they don't see themselves at that level, but other people do um, because of those other aspects of life that are going on that, that would just weigh you down and, and having a, having a great high level leader. That's that entrepreneur that cares about people can actually help you too. I, I, I would say if you have someone like that in your life, could be at work or in their community, mm, yeah. make an appointment and just go talk with them. You know, they all, they probably can do something for you to help you um, see things differently, have a different way of thinking about things and, and, and actually maybe get better. Yeah. The great thing here is also that such people uh, are able to attract great other people. Yeah. Right. And they are able to develop good relationships far beyond kind of their their area. Uh, And they also, you know, then can 
rely on the relationships that the team is building. Yeah, because they encourage people to build relationships and therefore the it's not just, you know, that they become better leaders. The whole function, their, their whole organization becomes better in terms of leadership. And so that's where, you know, the, the influence and really kind of exponentially grows because it's not just about you, it's about others that you, uh, that you, uh, that you build. And I think the other point is that also leads to leaving a legacy. Right. Well, will people remember you five years after you left the job? Yes. <laughs> 10 years after you left the job yeah. uh, in, in, in a positive way, <laughs> in, a, in a good way. You know, I, I think, you know, kind of bring this all around, you know, you've got these, you, you came up with these five levels and you could give them different labels if you wanted to, but what they are showing is a progression from just a very technical focus on the, the actual science or math or whatever to growing towards more of a, of a broader focus about the people and the business and the environment around you. And I think if you get stuck, like you feel like I could, I could do this, I could go to this next level, but I'm, I'm not getting there. Some of the things we shared maybe is a way to help you evaluate where you're at. Maybe the, the issue is I need to like people more. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you, you, you like when you have that aloof attitude that, well, I'm the, I'll tell you what the statistical answer is and you can do it or not. That's not going to win you friends. That's not going to gain you influence. And you maybe need to work a little bit on your communication and, and focusing more on people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really where you spend your time. Mm-hmm. Also how good you're on, you know, self-reflection, self-awareness. Try also to find mentors that help you there. Invest in your leadership skills. Of course, you know, we have the leadership programs that we are often offering from time to time. That may actually, you know, help you to accelerate faster. Right. Okay, very good. That was an awesome discussion about leadership. Thanks so much, Sam. Yeah, that was great. That was so much fun to just talk about it and it makes me think a little bit more even now about how I need to Im- improve my leadership skills even more. Yeah. So. There isn't a day that where I don't see, you know, anything where I can improve on in terms of leadership skills. So this journey never ends. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this show, which was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background, and thank you for listening. Head over to theeffectivestatistician.com, where you can reread all these things about the five levels of being a statistical leader, and you can learn much more about becoming an effective leader. There's lots of material there that is there for free. Reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.